can I get down so I can I like the way you work The spotlight is on our athletes on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us for the Athlete Spotlight with David Riley and Princess Cooper. We love promoting the student-athlete performing in the classroom and on the field and court. We get the latest from those competing, succeeding, and moving up the recruiting ladder. No scrubs on Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We've made it to Thursday, and it's the Athlete athlete Spotlight, and we're excited about it. Welcome in my co-host, Duck Riley. I am Princess Cooper. Duck, how are you? Hey, doing very well, Princess. I'm I'm, I'm loving the music. I, I, I robot right back to my seat. <laughs> That's right. He can't play, but he can definitely still robot everybody out there, <laughs> coaches, and he can still give you maybe third and an inch <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think this is my favorite intro out of all the intros we have on here. This is one of my favorites. Duck, the athlete spotlight, and, and Sophia Wasik, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. She is on with us tonight. I'm excited. I did a little of my homework. Um, they seem to be very accomplished. Duck, your thoughts before we get her in here? Oh, yeah. You know, by being in Morgantown, usually Morgantown High School, and usually uh, University High usually have a pretty good team, but it seems like uh, Morgantown High is it's a hot bed now, Princess. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching her celebrating for sure. Let me go ahead and welcome in, open up the mic here. Sophia, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for taking time to be on with us. Um, we appreciate that. You're going to get started with Duck here. And then um, come back, and I'll ask you some questions, okay? Okay, perfect. Thank you. You're welcome. Go ahead, Doug. Okay, Sophia, first of all, we want to say welcome. Do we have Mom and Dad on? Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Okay, okay. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I want to start off with you, Sophia, and I want to uh, kind of talk to you about where were you and what, what was going on? With the pandemic, how old were you? Um, I probably just finished eighth grade, and I was heading into my freshman year of high school around then. Okay, and how difficult was that for you? Um, it was very difficult. Up in West Virginia, all of our gyms were shut down, and like a lot of the resources that we previously had were just completely shut down. So it was hard to get in the gym, and then obviously like school and all that that was closed. So it was just really like dead here. Okay, so so because the gyms were shut down, so how were you able to maintain a little bit of conditioning? And uh, I'm sure the nutrition uh, played an important role in as far as uh, you getting in shape and stuff of that nature. Yeah, I mean, luckily for me, I knew a couple of people that had like gyms, so I was able to go there. But, I mean, it was definitely difficult, and, I mean, it was just hard, honestly, for anybody. Okay. Uh, do you like it? Are you more of a visual learner? Or, you know, I know you guys were on the virtual for a while, so would you rather be in front of the teacher or from the computer? 
Oh, I would definitely rather be in person. I think, like, just having the hands-on experience is just way better for anybody. Okay. Uh, come to mom. Mom, how did you guys handle the pandemic with, with the family? Um, it was not easy. Um, we were all at the house, and Sophia was a, was a freshman, and we she has a sister who was a senior that year. So this was going to be the first year that they were both going to be on the basketball team together. And um, because everything was closed down and there was a lot of contact tracing, we didn't get out a lot, and um, uh, we stayed in the bubble that year. And she did not go to school, so that was very difficult, particularly coming out of a small, a small, uh, a smaller um, middle school. So it was it was a challenge for her. Okay, okay, uh, Sophia, uh, is that? Is basketball the only sport? Uh, did you play any other sports coming up? Um, I did cross country in middle school for a little bit, and then last year was my first year of doing track, and I actually really enjoyed that. So I think I'm going to finish out my senior year with track too. Okay, uh, and what what events did you participate in? I did the 100 meter and 200 meters. Okay, all right, all right, Sophia, you got you got a little you got some skill. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, we we have to check that out, Princess. You hear that, right? The hundred and the two. All right. So you've been watching uh, the Olympics. Well, not the Olympics, but the World Games. Um, I haven't watched too much of them yet, but I might watch a little bit. Okay. All right. Check it out. All right. Uh, my next question for you is, um, how do you manage your time? Because I know sports can take up a lot of your time. And sometimes I, I can remember getting home real late and trying to get my homework done, things of that nature. What about you? Um, I think for me, just kind of staying focused and prioritizing, like, what's important. If it's basketball season, obviously, like, I need to be in the gym with my team, and we have, like, lifting and stuff like that. So, obviously, I got to do that. And then also just, like, staying focused in school. Obviously, you have to make time to, like, study and get your assignments done. Um, I mean, sometimes you got to stay up a little bit later, but it is what it is, and you have to get it done at the end of the day. Okay. Uh, Mom, who's responsible for what? Uh, are, are you both responsible? Uh, athletics, academics. Uh, actually, Sophie is pre pretty much a self-starter. She's responsible for her athletics and for academics. I'm pretty much the ride, uh, which that, <laughs> that burns them less than since she started to drive. But, yes, I just drive. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now that you realize that, you know, your daughter is pretty good, what, what's the next step? Um, is that – are you asking me? I think yes, – think. yes. yes. Yes, mom. I, I, yeah, I think she's she has some options that I think she's considering. Um, and because academics is a a something in the forefront, she has a very uh, focused um, career goal. Um, I think that's going to drive some of the decision making. So that's kind of where we are at this point. Okay, I uh, back to you, Sophie. Uh, this coming year, what, what's your what's your, uh, the team goal and what's your individual goal? 
Um, I would say our team goal is definitely to win another state championship. Last year we won our first one in, I think, since 2016. So that was amazing. And then my personal goal is just to help lead my team. I mean, obviously, like, as a point guard, you got to um, kind of carry some of the load. So just lead and show by example. Okay. Uh, so before any of your games, do you have a ritual? Um, no, honestly, I like to get a couple shots up just to like, I don't know, it's something I always do, get a couple shots up before the game, and then I just listen to music and kind of try and relax as much as possible. I get a little nervous before games, so I try my hardest to relax. Okay, if I came by you and you were listening to your iPhone and I lifted them up, what would I hear? Um... <laughs> You might hear, like, some little baby or, I don't know, just someone like that. Okay, like little baby. Yeah. <laughs> little baby, okay. <laughs> we know okay. you don't know, Doug. Keep on going. <laughs> okay. okay. I, I was I, I was down with that, I guess. Is that, they still say that? <laughs> no, they don't, Doug. <laughs> okay, all right. But anyway, okay. So it rules out the temptations and the four tops and stuff like that. All right. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, Mom, what advice would you give another parent as you guys are going through this process? Um, I think the, the best advice you can give someone is to just be patient. I think be patient and just let it, let it let it run let it take its own course i think people get um maybe a little bit frustrated with maybe timing of things i think just let it all let it all play out it's going to work out one way or another and i think it's just easier to just let things flow okay that would be my, that would be my advice keep the goal with the, the the keep your keep your focus on on bettering yourself as a player and as a student and let the rest take care of itself. Okay. And, and, and uh, so your mom said you had a career goal. Where do you see yourself five or six years from now? Well, I want to go to college, and then I want to maybe get into, like, sports broadcasting or something along the lines of that. Okay, well, we, uh, Princess, we're gonna have to give her a chance to see if she she knows how to interview people and stuff. We got, we got, we, I'm yeah. not, I'm ready yeah. for all that yet. <laughs> huh? You're not ready. We're gonna, we're, I'm we're not ready for all that yet. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Okay, all right. <laughs> we'll revisit this. Okay, all right. Yes, so, for sure. <laughs> now. Wh- we, we, I asked your mom about you know the processes of of that nature. How how how, how what would you say to some of uh, your teammates, uh, the younger girls on your team, about the process? You know, even for them, how to win a state championship. You know, that's that's amazing that you guys were able to do that. So, uh, congratulations on that. So, take them Thank take them you. through this process. Um, I mean, every day you kind of got to come into practice and you got to stay motivated. And, I mean, you have to put the work in for sure. 
I think also, like, obviously talent plays a big role into winning, like, big games and winning state championships and stuff, but you have to have, like, good leadership on a team and you have to have good team chemistry, which we were really fortunate to have over the past couple years. And I think that's why we've been so successful in getting into the state tournament and even winning. Okay. Uh, Mom, before I turn you over to uh, Princess, what about the AAU circuit? Is that beneficial to uh, – Yeah, we've we've been involved. um, Sophia played on um, PA Bruins, which is a great organization. We were were very fortunate and very happy to be part of it. Um, They play on the um, Under Armour circuit. And um, she had the good fortune of playing for a coach that not only was a very good coach, but a very good person. And we found everybody in the organization to be that way. We really enjoyed it. And uh, I think it was a great experience for her. And she finished her last two years out with, with that uh, organization. Okay. Same question, uh, Sophia. Uh, how did you feel about, were you, were you playing with uh, different uh, ladies from different teams, uh, from different areas. How was that? Um, it was definitely really cool. And, I mean, the girls I played with were really amazing. But also, I think playing against the competition we played against, like the Under Armour circuit has so many talented players. And these girls, like, they genuinely are changing and, like, evolving the game of basketball. And they're so talented. And it's crazy just to, like, play against some of these girls. It's so cool, honestly. Okay. Uh, Francis. All right, Sophie. So I want to go back and recap the um, the championship journey. What was your regular season record? And then how many games did you all play in the playoffs before um, the state championship game? Um, our record, we might have been like 18 and 3 or something along the lines of that, 18 and 4 maybe. And, Mm -hmm. okay, so for West Virginia, the state championship, there's only three games that it takes to win it. So there's the quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the championship game. And that's it. It's not a big, like, it's not a long journey. It's not a long journey. So tell me something that your coach said to you that really could help you to continue to be motivated, even, you know, or that really was profound to you. How did he keep you all going throughout the entire year? That's 20-some games. That's a long season. Yeah, I think it's just the fact that, like, we had such a legacy that was kind of left for us. I mean, I think mm-hmm. um, our coach before us, he won three state championships. So we just, like, looked up to all the girls that played before us, and that kind of motivated us because we wanted to be just like them and win a, cha- a championship too. Okay. Let me come to mom. And, and mom, first of all, just from another mom, can you tell her how proud you are of her? You know, what a just wonderful personality, you know, articulating who she is and what she wants to do and being successful in academics and sports. Um, do you just pinch yourself sometimes? I am very proud of her. In fact, I couldn't be more proud of her. She's a, she's a, a, she's a good kid, and she, mm-hmm. uh, she, she makes us proud every day. She really does. Amen, amen, amen. So now is there another athlete in the house too, Mom? So is two there young is. ladies playing? Uh-huh. Playing basketball now. We have uh, she. Sophia has an older sister, and she's okay. an athlete as well. Okay. So one more question before I get back to Sophie: Is basketball king? Is 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 that um? It, it's a big deal in West Virginia, correct? 
it, it is, and it's and it's even becoming more of a big deal for 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 ladies. It's getting it's getting the the girls are getting better all the time, and it's becoming more competitive, and and the game is growing here. Yeah, yeah, I, I would imagine so. So, Sophie, you want to come back to you? Who in college women's basketball or the WNBA do you like to see or maybe pattern your game after as a point guard or anybody else? Who do you watch um, or pattern your game after? Um, I'm not sure of, like, a current player. I remember when I was really young, I there was a girl on Baylor that I used to really like a lot. She was a point guard. I forget um, I forget her name, but she was very good, and I used to watch her a lot. And then there were just a lot of West Virginia girls that I looked up to, and we went to those um, games all the time and saw them. So just, just okay. multiple people. Okay. So now, Sophie, how do you handle your social media winning the state championship, being successful? You got to be one of those popular young ladies on campus. How do you handle the social media and the popularity? Um, I think you just have to stay humble with everything because anything you get, you can always get it taken away at any moment. And, I mean, we were just really fortunate and blessed to win the state championship this year and, Mm -hmm. you know, just stay humble so that we can win it next year. Okay. All right. So now I like that. Stay humble so you can win it next year. When you're on the court and mom and dad is there, who do you hear? Do you hear either one of them cheering you on or talking to you during the game? No, honestly, I tune it all out. I can hear my coach, but that's honestly about it and my teammates. Mm Mhm. Okay. Okay. So mom, tell me about a game day from your perspective. Um, What do you get do to get your um, your young ladies prepared? Is there a certain meal, or do you send them a text throughout the, throughout the day and then tell them you'll see them at the game at the gym? What's your game day like? I think it depends on if the game is at home. If it's home, she's able to drive herself. Normally, I, you know, as I said, Sophia is a self-starter. She usually has her own, her own routine, so I try mm-hmm. to stay clear of that routine. Um, but I do the best I can do to keep her on schedule. Um, I like to be places early, and she has a tendency to want to be there right on time. So sometimes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Sophie, I'm coming to you about game day. Is there, besides the music part and little baby, do you wake up and have um, anything that you do consistently? Do you like the same socks or something? Now, tell me about a game day for you and how you prepare. You say you like to get some shots up before the game, but anything else? Um, You're kind of right with the socks. I kind of have a, like, lucky pair of socks I always like to wear. I always like to wear black Nike socks. And mm-hmm. um, I, I one thing, I prefer not to take naps. I know a lot of athletes, like, they take naps before games and stuff. I just can't do that because it just makes me, like, tired before a game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, other than getting socks up and music and all that, there's really not much to my routine. Okay, okay. So tell me, what has been um, your highest assist in a game and highest points in a game? Um, I think my highest points when I was younger, it was an AAU game. I had around like 28 or something like that. My assists, I'm really not sure, but ball a good bit. And my teammates are really good at like finishing the shots and all that. So it, it might be up there a little bit. Wow, wow. Now, Sophie, do you know that that Duck Raleigh was a basketball legend in those parts at one time or another? No, I did not know that. 
<laughs> yeah, it was in the thirties, thirties and forties, but it, it was a long time ago. <laughs> okay, Duck, I'm aging you. <laughs> but yeah, Duck, Duck was a big deal in in high school basketball at one time at Norfolk High School, if I'm not mistaken. And then he went on to play football at, at West Virginia in, in the Mountaineers. Did you know that? Um, I knew from Sean that he played for WVU for football, but I did not know about all the basketball. That is crazy. Yeah, yeah, he <laughs> oh, played basketball sorry. for sure, um, and and a legend in, in those parts. So here's one thing, one thing I always try to ask, and I know I'm probably going to get some blowback here because, or maybe <laughs> not the right answer, but you got a scholarship, two offers down, and you're going to make a decision. You have a basketball scholarship offer from the University of Florida, and one from the West Virginia Mountaineers, where you all are from, but I'm a Gator. Which one do you take, Sophie? Um, I would say WVU. I kind of love it here, and I would probably want to stay a little bit close to home and, like, just have the family and support base that you get here. Okay. Can I have my theme music? No, you cannot have any theme music behind that. No, you cannot. We're not playing Country Roads. We're not doing it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Let me ask your mom. Uh, well, you know what, Sophie, what grade are you? What Are you 10th, 11th, 12th? Where are you now? I'm a senior. This is my final year of high school. This is your final year. So yes. let me start with you. With you. Are, have you had any recruiting trips or processes that started? Um. Well, when I – I think – I'm not sure. Maybe it was a junior – or maybe a sophomore, I went on a couple, like, tours or whatever. I went to the University of Canisius, and that was, like, a little, like, junior day thing kind of. And mm-hmm. I got to talk to coaches and, like, look around at the school and stuff. And then um, I have or an offer from Fairmont State. So Okay. Um, okay. I visited. Well, I've definitely t- taken a look at your huddle and the film, and I'll, I'll start sharing some of that, but. Congratulations, your senior year. Enjoy it for sure. Mom, can yes. you tell me me what you're looking for? And, and are you leaving that recruiting process up to her and, and just chiming in if she asks you something, or do you want her to stay close, close to home? I think what she decides to do is up to her. I, I think in her mind she's made it made, – I think she's open-minded, but I think she, she definitely has a preference of being – closer to home. Okay. Okay. Um any any um anything else you guys want to add? It's been awesome just listening to you and Sophie, I want to let you know that Sean's mom is listening in to the entire podcast. So I want to give her a shout out so she tuned in to hear you. Anything you advice you want to give any of those young ladies and I think Duck asked um a part of this, you know, on how to do it the right way, maintain your academics and perform on the um, on the court, but also just be a good citizen. Anything you want to add and give give some advice? Um, I would just say, like, both basketball and in life-wise, just don't compare your journey to other people's journey, um, especially in basketball. I mean, you see a lot of people getting offers and stuff like that, but you just have to stay true to yourself and stay focused, stay in the gym, and and if you put the work in, good stuff will come for you. And just don't compare your journey to others. Yeah, you are a born leader if you're a point guard. Sophie, continue the journey. Don't compare it. And I'm just proud to know you. Mom, um, any last words from you? 
No, but I certainly appreciate your having us on. It was our pleasure to get to speak to all of you. Yes, thank yes. you. It is our pleasure. You will find this on Spotify and iHeartRadio tomorrow along with iTunes. And we've had Sophie Wachsick on. Duck, any other words from you? Um, she picked West Virginia over the, the Florida Gators, which is my alma mater. Any last words from you, sir? No, I, once she picked West Virginia, I kind of got a little emotional. So I hit it, <laughs> I hit it back off. So I appreciate that, Sophie. Mom, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate it. And a, and a great interview. Yeah. Thank great you. Interview. It, it was our pleasure. Have a great evening. Thank you so much. And we'll come back, Duck, here in a moment. Thank you, Mom Wasik, and, and make sure to just give a shout-out to everybody. Congratulations to all the ladies who won the state championship with you last year, Sophie. And, and hopefully the journey is the same. Success to you, okay? Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, we appreciate you. All right, Duck, we'll come back Thank here at the top of the hour at 7 o'clock. We'll see no what? sports. Um Chris. I'm getting ready to yes, go sir? listen to I'm getting ready to listen go listen to Little Baby. Okay, you go listen to Little Baby. I'm gonna play a little country roads and get us to seven o'clock and kinda of fall there asleep we go. on it. There we go. Never there had it go. so good before it's ready. Oh my god. <laughs> Almost heaven. West Virginia. Blue Ridge Mountain. Shenandoah River. You're listening to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Never Had It Radio. And find us on Facebook, Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. Taking a break. We'll be right back.
never had it so good sports radio. A new day brings new topics. Our sports talk brings extensive debate and analysis by the host, expert contributors, and callers. We discuss it all. Join us weekdays at 6 p.m. and 7 p.m. I never had it so good for radio. All right, welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. This is the second part of our show, She Knows Sports, with Brittany and Princess. And Duck Riley and Kevin Walker are sitting in for Brittany today. We appreciate that. A shout-out to Sophie Wasik um, in our first half hour, the, the athlete spotlight. And then I apologize to the listeners if you listen to Country Roads, and it almost put me to sleep. Let me welcome in Country Roads himself, Duck Riley. Duck, you made me do it. Oh, no, and I'm just saying for the listeners out there, we we aren't. <laughs> we aren't. <laughs> we aren't. Duck, you continue to do the trash talking. I'm telling you, Jason's going to come out swinging. Penn State, West Virginia, that is next weekend. Let me welcome in my other co-host, Kevin Walker. How how are you, sir? I'm doing well, doing well. How are you guys doing? Doing good. <laughs> Duck is still hey, trash talking Penn State and the kitty cats and all of that, Kevin. Um, I'm praying for Duck. It's going to be a disappointing loss for sure. Yeah. Yeah, coach. I I know that uh, that that Kirk Herbstreet uh, comment kind of kind of got you feeling feeling yourself a little bit. I, I get it. I get it, coach. <laughs> hey, 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 all I, I'm saying, Kevin, he's he's my favorite now. He's my favorite guy. <laughs> when y'all start listening to Kirk Herbstreet, that's what I want to know. <laughs> you know, this isn't on the list, but. Um, was talking to Rev last night about TCU um, Colorado, and he put his money on Colorado. He says they're going to upset TCU just because I'm in the moment here. Kevin, your mm-hmm. thoughts about this? We 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 actually bet some money last night. I said they have 0.11% chance. Your thoughts about this coming up? It's it's being built up to a big deal, and Colorado is on TV. Fox Network. This game is mm-hmm. live. Your thoughts about it? Yeah, to steal your 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 line and Chris Berman's line as well is it's the reason why you play the games. We, this is why okay. we play the games. You know, um, mm-hmm. you know what? It's going to be interesting. I know they're going to be ready to play. I know Coach Prime is going to have those guys ready to play. They're going to be hyped. There, it's going to be. A very interesting uh, uh, entrance. It's going to be a great start for them. I don't know about the full, you know, the the full game though. I don't know about the full sixty minutes. I don't know if they're going to be able to hang with TCU. Nothing to take away from Coach Prime and and how he has those guys prepared. But I just think TCU is just going to be a little bit too much, uh, you know, for uh, for Colorado. And I tell you what, I'm rooting for Coach Prime and I'm rooting for Colorado. But I just think that at the end of the at the end of the game or end of the day, TCU is going to be just a little bit too much for Coach Prime and those guys. No matter how hype and how focused those guys are, because it does come down to ultimately talent. I think that TCU has a little bit more talent than Colorado at this point. All right, Duck, am I Kevin Walker's voice? Voice, what what say you? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm, hey, if if Rev says it, I'm going with Rev. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and I also told you a couple of weeks ago that Evan Meyer, Myers, mm-hmm. uh, 
the best prosecutor. Not <coughs> I got choked up because yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm so I'm so I'm so full of him because he's probably <laughs> one of the best best ever. You know, they bring him Whatever. back to Fox. I, I, I'm a little, I, I, you know, I'm happy uh, because if he says that Colorado is going to win it, how can we go wrong? We got Irvin and Rev. Come on now. All right. There you yeah. Go. <laughs> well, you. I don't, I, in this house, I don't oh, mind telling Rev when he's wrong or <laughs> Betty's wrong. I don't mind that one. But I say when you, when you, you, you send out 50 some. And you get in 50-some. And I'm not saying that they won't, won't be ready, but I think depth is an issue. And mm-hmm. um, emotions will probably take him through the first quarter. Um, but eventually yeah. talent and depth will take over, especially in the second and third quarter. I think that's what's going to happen. And I am rooting for Coach Prime, too. Um, I think he's a hidden gem, and he's a motivator of men. But I, yeah. I don't think he's going to come out of the gate in one off season and and flip a one and eleven team to beat, you know, one of the one of the final two teams standing um last year. I, I think that'll be tough. So but I'll let Rev know that you all are gonna help him pay his bet to me of of a whole twenty dollars. So I'll I'll let him know. <laughs> and, 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 and Rev the secret is you gotta understand Colorado got one of the most talented staff in college mm-hmm. football, and yeah. that's going and that's going to pay dividends. I might not pay the first game, but before this year is out, you're going to be like, okay, I, I see what you mean. They're they're going to be pretty good, Princess. And you're right, they lack depth right now. But again, Urban Myers, if he says it. <laughs> Did you bring that up again? <laughs> <laughs> Double down on it. <laughs> Double down on it for sure. <laughs> you remind me of Kevin Walker and and, and, and and Michael Jordan. Just double down on it. Keep on. Yeah. Now the yacht's got to be MJ2 or the GOAT or whatever. That. Okay. <laughs> You're way off the subject. I'm sorry, okay. listeners. Kevin, your thoughts about Shakira Richardson. I've been kind of tough on her yeah. and just wanting her to be quiet and let her her talent speaks for herself, and she has done that over the past few years and really mm-hmm. focused, and you can see the difference in her performance. Um, obviously, she didn't test positive to anything, and here right. she is, the world champion in the 100 meters, and it wasn't easy, but she pulled oh. that off. You got to um, – no matter what, you got to be cheering for her, and I was cheering for her, and she did it. Your thoughts when you saw this? I don't know if you got a chance to see it live, yeah. um, but your thoughts about the results and where she is compared to two years ago. Yeah, I did not see it live, unfortunately, but I did see it immediately after it ended. You know, I got the notifications that, you know, what she had, uh, what she had done. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I'm definitely happy for her, for, for anyone to overcome what, she's overcome what she overcame because of the fact that the matter is, you know, she tested positive for marijuana and wasn't mm-hmm. able to make, that, to make that team. And, you know, and it, and it kind of, you know, threw me off. Like, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, she was distracted, she wasn't focused. But, you know, my thing is speed is speed. You know, you can't coach speed, you know. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I guess it, it mental, the, the mental thing, the mental aspect of it is a real thing, and it can affect your speed apparently. Uh, but she overcame overcame that, as I stated, and she got it done and almost ran under, um, you know, under 11 or, you know, uh, you know, what she ran 
And that's phenomenal. Yes, he ran in 265, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and to, to yeah. run that was just un, unreal. Um, so I, I hats off to her for, for sure. Or should I, can I say this? Wigs off to her? Can I say wigs off to her? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, she threw her wig off, Lord. Yeah, but, yeah, just definitely high praise for her because it was something that, you know, she overcame again. It, it was a huge obstacle. She felt the weight um, of the world on her shoulders, and she said she did it for, you know, the people that look like her, you know, the uh, you know for sure. We know what that means. So, yeah, so just hats off to her because she got a lot of flack. She got a lot of criticism. And for someone to be her age uh, to, to deal with, especially in today's, you know, society, and you hear all these negative comments and you hear it coming from so many different directions, especially with social media in, in the world today, and for her to overcome that and accomplish what she did, just tremendously, um, you know, just tip my hat to, to her for sure. So congratulations, and I hope she can remain focused on, on con- continuing this and don't, just don't let this be a one, uh, you know, um, you yeah, know, one, a, hit a one, one hit wonder. One hit wonder. Thank you, uh, for sure. Yeah, and she's just 21 now. So when all of yeah. this went down, and she said that you know she was in a state of depression, she had lost her mom, was smoking weed, you know. So she admitted all of that. But I was concerned that all of the other the rants and rave on social media, I, yeah. I wanted her to let that go, get refocused, and get someone that could mentor her and and look at where she is now. Um, Duck, your your thoughts about this? Yeah, yeah, you know, and I like Kevin's comment. You know, she threw out the wig and she ran <laughs> unbe- unbelievable. <laughs> can't believe it, Coach. I can't believe it. <laughs> Duck. Okay. <laughs> I had to get that in. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what to say. Say somebody. Love you. <laughs> hey, but but Princess, that's just telling you and we talked about this and I think K World was on, you know, a couple of years ago when we kinda threw this out there. Sometimes when you change people around you Mm-hmm. You start putting positive people in your life and in front of you. Things have a tendency of happening, and I, yeah. I, I think that I think that's kind of where she is right now. But again, you know, I don't want to get too happy because I want to see her be able yeah. to repeat this. Maybe hopefully next year in the Olympics. Yeah, you know what? She ran the heat today for the two hundred meters and made the finals. Um, but I like her interview after winning the 100 because they, I thought they tried to bait her into something, you know, um, negative to say. And that is, you know, does you think you have the respect of the Jamaicans now? Do they know you're coming now? And she yeah. said, I have respect for myself. And she mm-hmm, said, it's right. big. So she stayed away from it. And I liked how the Jamaican female um, track stars treated her and how they welcomed her, gave her a hug you know, um, and congratulated her. So I thought it was very well done. Let's see what she does in the 200. Um, I think that final is tomorrow. But congratulations to Carrie Richardson. Stay quiet. You know, stay focused. And I hope this is, um, you know, it's, um, um, you know, maybe a shadow, foreshadowing of things to come for the Olympics um, in Paris in 2024. So, Speaking of Urban Meyer, Duck, since you just really want to talk about him, I want to talk about him a little bit. 
and his negative comments. I got a chance to ask the guys, I think, on Tuesday night, um, you know, some of their thoughts on Coach Jay Hayes, Ricky Porter, all of those coach played in the NFL. I wanted to know their thoughts about Urban Meyer and where he was coming from with his comments that he treated his superstars like superstars and he treated um, his SHIT just like that. Um, and, and, I, you know, now that I look back, I remember some of that. You know, um, the juniors and seniors got really prime locker rooms, prime locker rooms, and the freshmen, um, they were off in another corner, and they had to drag their own lockers in there. Um, so I remember some of that, and he said and that was his motivation. If you treated them like that, maybe they would want to go ahead and elevate their game and come back over so they can get steak and lobster. And the others got hot dogs and ham- hamburgers. Doug, talk about his motivation, but talk about why he says this now. I kind of think it's because of the Swamp King um, Netflix special that's out. I don't know, but shouldn't he just kind of be quiet? And I'm being serious here. After the debacle at the, with the Jaguars in Jacksonville, shouldn't he just kind of ride this out, or is it college football season and it's time for him to talk? It's, it's time for him to talk, and he did. Uh, he was quiet for a while. Because the the Jacksonville Jaguars thing was really embarrassing. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Chris is he he brings stuff out too because no news no news doesn't sell papers. He's got the Netflix yeah. special coming on, and by him saying this, you're going to probably see some of this in the Netflix special because how. Tebow was treated, and some of the other guys. Remember, Percy Harvin was there. The Titan yeah. brothers, Hernandez. So yeah, I I understand where he's coming from with that. And, you know, it's just like I have you know, K World and Jason and uh, Jermaine and Mark and Dreeby and them as seniors. You know, I'm not trying to leave out anybody, but having them as seniors, of course, the younger guys coming up, they they can't do what. <laughs> these yeah. seniors doing. Mm-hmm. You got, you got, you know, the balls are left out on the field. I don't expect uh, Jason and Kevin and them to grab them. I'm looking, I'm looking for my freshman or <laughs> sophomore. Yeah. You know, they need, they need to know what time it is, Princess, because mm-hmm. you got, look, you got all Chiefs and no Indians. How you gonna have yeah. a good team? Yeah. Yeah. And I get what you're saying, and I remember that too, going from high school to college and thinking, you know, um, that I was a big fish in a little pond, um, but realizing it wasn't like that at all. And, you know, um, they could barely remember my last name, let alone my first. So, you know, I remember that. Um, Kevin, have you um, watched the Swap King um, documentary? I think it's four parts to it. And then tell me your thoughts on Urban Meyer then, because I loved him during that, yeah. that national championship run. But the more we have gone on and moved on to, you know, to Ohio State and now not even there and then the Jaguars, you know, I, I, I've kind of, kind of, you know, just stayed a little distance to him. But I loved him back then. Your thoughts about then and now? Yeah, I mean, I did watch I actually watched it twice, to be honest with you. The, the only reason why I watched it twice because my daughter wanted to watch it. And then I, when she started watching it, I got more involved in it. Got, you know, I wanted to see it again. But, yeah, I did mm-hmm. watch it. And I, and I think that 
when you hear the comments, you, you automatically think about what took place in Jacksonville. And like Coach said, mm-hmm. you know, it, was, it wasn't a great thing, to be honest with you. But if you watch the documentary, if you watch it, you'll know why he said it. And, and it's going to be taken totally different once you watch it. I won't give it away for, for, for those who haven't watched it, but you'll see. But I, I definitely agree with, with that, is that, you know, you, if you're going to work like a superstar – if you're going to go out there and you're going to put that work in and you got the talent, but you also have, you have the God-given ability and you also have the will to, 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 you know, to work upon that, to build upon that ability, then you should be rewarded for that. And, and that's what he did. And, he, you know, he interviewed a lot of, uh, a lot of inter- uh, players were interviewed and they spoke upon that too. And no one took exception to it, to be honest with you. But uh, again, I don't want to mm-hmm. give anything away, but I, I definitely agree with, you know, it's kind of like coach said, you know, you, you put yourself on the, map you go through that you're at you you get to that one point where you know you earn certain things and if you want to earn those things that the guys above you have earned and you have to put in that work and you have to accomplish those things and you have to put in the work that those guys put in in order to get to that level so that's where pretty much coach Myers was was, was talking about there but again I don't want to give anything away but I definitely agree with that and and Coach was pretty much the same way. Not 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 to that extent, though. Don't get me wrong. What coach wasn't that bad. But coach, coach, coach did make it known. Like, listen, these guys are the captains, and they're you know they're gonna get a little bit more you know leniency uh, and towards things. You know, they're not gonna you know you know have to pick up the balls or pick up the dummies. You know, after practice, they're not gonna have to do that. Things of that nature. So you have to earn your dues. Is basically what that was all about. To be honest with you. So I agree with it. Okay. All right. So, Kevin, let's go into, we know that Duck wasn't, you know, Pat Fitzgerald-like at Northwestern. So, But I want to talk about that and the fact that um, some of the African-American players said they were forced to have a watermelon eating contest. And then they did something yeah. called the, the, the gauntlet where the, yeah. the freshmen took off all their clothes and they had to be bumped. Going into the yeah. locker, into the to the shower. Now we talked about this on the Monday show. There wasn't nothing but some grown men. They yeah. they said it, and they said no way, no way. You would get out of that and go tell somebody in and leave. Your thoughts about hearing how bad this had gotten and how long they've been doing it before it finally came out. Yeah, I, I you know it was it was disheartening to hear that to to think that not one player. To, that went through that yeah. didn't say anything because I know immediately if you put me through that I'm I'm immediately <laughs> going to the the head coach and I'm saying I'm going to Patrick Jell's office and I'm a, I'm demanding a tree I mean a, a transfer I'm demanding a transfer mm-hmm. I'm not going through that I'll let them know you know I wouldn't you know put it out in the public but I would let you know Coach Fitzgerald know that listen this is what's going on I didn't sign up for this I didn't sign up for this I yeah. know we have to you know as freshmen you have to go through things like we mentioned earlier. You know, I'm thinking like, you know, maybe some, you know, getting taped against the goalposts, having to carry the yeah. seniors, you know, uh, helmets and shoulder pads, things of that nature, maybe get your hair head shaved or something like that to that extent, but nothing like that. That is extremely, you know, extreme, you know, with the nudist, the nudity aspect of it, the racial yeah. aspect of it. I just don't understand, like, why one person waited so long 
to uh, you know to, to to bring this to everyone's attention. And you usually get maybe they were scared, maybe you know you know they were told that listen, if you do this, this is going to happen to you. Maybe that was was the case, but still at the same time, there's strength in numbers. So if one person follows, if one person leads, another person is going to follow because there weren't just one person that felt uncomfortable with that. There were guys, all the other guys feeling the same way. So I just don't understand why it took so long. But to answer your question, if I say all that, to answer your question, uh, Protest, is that I, I, it was disheartening and, and sickening to my stomach that it, it went on for so long before anyone said anything. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe they, they valued that, that scholarship. You know, we're not talking to yeah. – I even said this. We're, we're not even – we're talking about Northwestern, who has a value and has that type of Yale, you know, Ivy League academic right. um, resume, too. And a scholarship there is, is pretty powerful, even if you don't play football going forward. Duck, we talked about this a little bit, and they fired Fitzgerald and let him go and replaced him with someone in-house. But all of those assistants are still there, and you can't tell me that they didn't know that they saw some of this and supported this, and this was the culture. Don't you think after the season they're going to have to wipe the slate clean? Your thoughts about this, Doug? Francis, it's not even close. And like you said, you're right. We had this discussion. Uh, you know, first of all, and, and and I don't know if K-World got to hear it, the thing is, first of all, we know the assistant coaches knew what was going on. Yeah. You cannot do anything – Without somebody knowing the trainers or something, you have too many people around. Nosy, the equipment guy, he, he usually <laughs> yes. knows everything. Yeah. So you need to tell me if if they didn't know, I'm telling you, the equipment guy, his thing yeah. usually is near the showers. <laughs> he's always using the towel. So you need to tell me so why all character. these guys get bumped going in there. Yeah. Listen, something was wrong. With, well, okay, that's a, that's another story. But anyway, <laughs> he's he throwing them tiles and stuff, and you're looking at grown grown ups bumping each other going. In, come on now, and and yeah. once he told the assistant coach, I would be shocked. I'm yeah. shocked that came to the, the head coach and said, "Hey, you know, the coach, we need to correct this. They, this is what they're doing." I can't believe that. Evidently, they they picked the right brothers for Northwestern because as soon as they gave me that watermelon, told we we doing a watermelon (laughs) contest. Look, yeah, and that's that's tight. And then the one guy said, you know, reason why he didn't give them salt because usually we got high blood pressure. (laughs) (laughs) Duck if you don't stop. I can't take it. I can't take it. But I did care, Coach. Are you trying to say they did care? Oh, gosh. You know what, Chuck? I'm going to put a pin in this one so we can move on. Because you're just silly. The arrogance of the whole staff to think that they would continue to get get away with this and, you know, as social media ballooned and it gets, you know, we're camera phones and everything, I'm surprised it did not come all the way out until this year. There were some rumblings over the um, the off season, but the closer we got to the season, the more it, it started to come out, and, and I'm glad that it did. But, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Doug, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know what to say about the salt on the watermelon. We just go move on. <laughs> 
presence. But seriously, though, can you, in social media, was you know, they were using cameras and stuff during that time. Yeah. But think about it. If you got everybody stripped down, you ain't got a chance mm-hmm. to get a camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. right. So that, that that part of it, you know, they were pretty small. And plus, first of all, you ain't taking pictures of another man in the nude. What you know? Come right. on. So, yeah. <laughs> what does that Great say? Point, too? That's, Great point, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, wow. Hopefully, yeah, but but I think that I think they they let it go. I don't think they thought that this was it was going to come out. But mm-hmm. you you end up getting the right people that saying, hey, you know this is this is not right. I'm I'm telling. Yeah. Yeah. And Doug, you know, I think it was last year, maybe the year before that, where we were congratulating Northwestern on how they were staying in some of these games, and they had a big win. I, I want to say it was Michigan, maybe Michigan State that they beat, and, and we were, you know, congratulating them on the, them on the toughness of their defense and how they stayed in that game and had a good running offense. But it's amazing what you, what is going on behind the scenes. Okay. Let's move on, and I'm coming to Kevin first because I want to get your thoughts. I haven't done that about Eric the Enemy and him at the Redskins. I've talked to mm-hmm. Duck about this live on air and the fact that, you know, some of the players have complained that he's doing too much and he's changing mm-hmm. too many of the plays and changing too much of the scheme, the scheme of the offense. And that got to, of course, Ron Rivera. He was posed a question by the media in the press conference, and he said, you know, Eric's going to be okay. He's going to do his thing. He's in charge of the offense. But he then made a comparison to Jack Del Rio that, hey, Jack Del Rio has been um, a head coach, so he has more um, experience than Eric, and Eric will learn that too and maybe kind of ease some of this in on them. Your thoughts about how this has played out and where we are now, Kevin? Yeah, I, at first, you know, I, I was – you know, posing the question, was Eric Bannemi being too hard or was the or were the commanders being too soft? Um, I, I think it was a combination of both, uh, to be honest with you. I just think uh, Eric Bannemi was is that old school type of coach. And then, you know, this day and age, you know, with these this this new generation, man, you, you got to be a different type of coach. You got to be more of a, a player coach, if you will. You got to be more relatable to these guys and what they're about. And, um, you know, a lot of these guys don't you know want to take the easy route out, uh, easy way out, and that's why you see some of these these teams and these organizations, you know, lose so many games. But I think they're starting to buy in, meeting the Commanders with uh, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I, I think they're you know, and Eric Bieniemy starting to buy into the, the um, you know to what they're about as well. So I think there was a meeting at the crossroads. And and I think that both sides understand, you know, what the ultimate goal is. They have the common, the common denominator is to win. And you see that. I know it's a preseason, but you see that they, they won their first game against the, the, the Browns in a close one. You see that they won against the Ravens and it ended that streak. And they went in there and really wanted to end that streak because a lot of people were talking about that 24-game winning streak. Is it re- as, as irrelevant as that that streak may have been, it meant a lot to the commanders, you know, going into that and, and the, for them to win it and the way that they celebrated, I know it sounds like it's, you know, it looked like it was a little premature. They they were doing it. Yeah, but, because in interviews, Kevin, they said that, oh, mm-hmm. who cares about a meaningless yeah. streak, you know, of a preseason uh, when they, they, they really played it down um, with yeah. interview, but then they were out there doing the gritty once it yeah. was known that they were going to win the that. Line, so yeah. they did care. <laughs> Yeah, they, they did. did. 
Yeah, they did. They found it uh, an added motivation to you know to go in there and and to to, to win to end the streak again. Is it relevant and as meaningless as that was? You know, they felt like you know it's, it's something that they you know they they strive for. So I think there were, again there was a meeting you know in the crossroads, and now you can start to see that. And I think you're starting to see the play and and Sam Howell and and, and Coach Riley actually you know kind of you know you know, called this out and, and said that, you know, Sam Howell, I think Coach said he's been watching him since the seventh grade. So he saw in Sam Howell what, what a lot of us uh, didn't see. And uh, that game against the, the Ravens, he looked really good. He looked poised. He looked – he kept his head downfield. Um, you know, it, it looked like he wasn't looking at the rush, but he was feeling the rush. And I didn't realize how good he was. I did watch him in, in, at, uh, in North Carolina, at North Carolina. But he just seemed like a different quarterback. But, yeah, the commanders, I think they're all buying in right now. I think they all came together and said, listen, anything that goes on for it, uh, goes, goes on is, and, you know, we, and we don't like it, we're going to keep it in-house. Because I think everybody realizes that, you know, everyone's a product of their experience. So they don't want to have to go through that again. So they're going to say, listen, if we got any issues, we're going to keep it in-house. This is a commander thing, so we're going to keep it in-house, and we're not going to go that, and we're not going to go that route in airing dirty laundry. If we got a problem, then, we can, again, we'll, we'll sit in the meeting room, we'll, you know, go to dinner or whatever the case may be, and we'll talk about it and we'll hash it out there. We're not going to uh, let the media know or let the, you know, let the world know about what's going on in Washington land. We've got a new ownership, so they, got, they want a new, uh, you know, a, a new direction, if will, a new culture, if you will. You know, Doug, Carlos Bradley said this, and he says, who gets a, a coach that is a winner, a Super Bowl winner, and then you don't listen to him, or you, mm-hmm. you, you buck the system, or you're, you don't mind giving your opinion. You were 8-8. Eight and eight. You won four games. No, you were 8-8-1. Eight, eight and one. So you tied. There were 17 games. You won four at home and four away. And, again, your offense was 24th, ranked 24th in, in, uh, in, in the league. Duck, your thoughts about what Carlos said and that why you're not listening to a, um, um, someone who's a winner. But also, do you think that the idea of bringing Eric Bieniemy to the Washington Commanders didn't come from Ron Rivera. Maybe it came from the GM or the upper brass or the owners, and Ron Rivera had to go along with this because they couldn't go in the same direction they were going with that um, that type of offense. I know I gave you a lot there, but your thoughts? Yeah, uh, first of all, not only was, you know, we got good information from Carlos, but we also, Will Lewis worked with Eric the Enemy, mm-hmm. and, uh, and he was uh, – now the general manager in the FFL. But Will was talking about he's just old school, you know, but he cared about his players. He said they might not realize it now, but as the season goes on, they weed out who they're not going to keep and stuff. They'll see it more and more. Uh, Mm -hmm. And some of the questions that you asked, Princess, Ron Rivera had to shake up his staff. Yeah, and because they in order to keep himself there. Yeah, right. And, and being mm-hmm. 24, Scott Turner was Ron Turner's son, was the offensive coordinator. So now you're 24th in the league as far as offense, and then you bring in Eric Bieniemy with two Super Bowl rings behind him. He's <clears throat> going to change the culture with Kevin's uh, talk about a little bit. So thing is, if you're 24th. And you're not winning like you should be winning. You're not scoring. What What's the problem with change? 
Right. Yeah. So therefore, you got Rivera. They're probably saying, "Hey, you know what? This guy hasn't got a a, a head coaching job. I think he's looking for a change." And you could be right. It could have been the GM. It could have been other people, donors, or whatever, mm-hmm. saying, "Hey, you know what? We need to give this guy an opportunity." And Rivera didn't have a choice. But now yeah. that he got in there and he's seeing how much respect that they're starting to get by putting that out there that the players are unhappy, first of all, you would never do that as a head coach because right. you want all of that you want all of that right. inside. And I bet you mm-hmm. any amount of money him he was called in on that because like Kevin said earlier, that's dirty laundry. You don't want that mm-hmm. all out in the public. But what, what what's happening with that now? It's just like he's getting eggs thrown back in his face because the office is starting to realize, okay, yeah, he might not be our buddy buddy right now, but we're starting to move the football. We're starting to do some good things. So it it's hard because if they're successful. Either Rivera would end up being let go, or Eric Bieniemy is going to be that head coach. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's a little tight there. Yeah, and and you 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 know we all understood that you know everybody was saying around the league that Eric Bieniemy is going to have to leave Kansas City in order to you know and take yeah. a lateral position. He looked like he wasn't going to be hired as a head coach take a lateral position as an OC and prove himself and get out from up under Andy Reid. He did that, you know, so um, but I, I, I kind of feel that Ron Rivera is feeling the heat a little bit because oh. in a press conference like that with media duck and, and Kevin, all he had to say is, mm-hmm. hey, next question. We're not answering yeah. that. Everything is good. He didn't have yeah. to elaborate like he did. Exactly. He's got to put doubt in case things fall apart. He's got to put doubt in the reporter's mind that, hey, you know, maybe this guy wasn't the answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. the team because yeah. the, players, the players are not respecting him. But uh, <clears throat> Eric Benjamin knows what he's doing, so it's, it, it could be interesting. As long as yeah. nobody's kicking his back in from, you know, from the outside, like the public and stuff like that, I think they yeah. they might be pretty decent. Yeah. Um, I don't want him to be too decent, and I don't want the Eagles to be decent at all. I'm a Cowboys fan, but let me move on <laughs> from that. But I'm rooting. I'm rooting for Eric the Enemy, and um, secretly I'm rooting for Jalen Hurts. Kevin, I want to come to you. I want to get this in, and then we'll talk Jets last. I want to talk Trey Lance. Um, uh, you know, it's already announced that Brock Purdy is the starter, and, of course, now they've announced that Sam Darnold is his backup, and that leaves Trey Lance in the third position and they even talking about possibility for trade. Give me the scoop. You're a 49er. What's your thought? Yeah, I mean, that that was the initial uh, thought that uh, he would be traded. Uh, they said that the 49ers were exploring uh, options on Trey Lance once Sam Darnold was uh, announced as the, uh, the backup to Brock Purdy. But John Lynch has come out today and said that, you know, right now Trey Lance is in the plans to be, uh, you know, 49er this season. So I don't know if that means that he's trying to, you know, boost his value, his market, you know, his trade value up. I don't know what that um, actually means. But, you know, you can only take it, you know, 
you know, um, at face value. So um, I, I like the I, I like the move to be honest with you because right now, as a 49ers fan, and if you look at mm-hmm. it from a 49ers perspective, you got to understand. Like you know, I get it. They they traded away you know two number one picks. Uh, I mean two first round picks. I know everyone keeps saying three first round picks, but they just swapped positions in that 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 uh, 2021 pick. But anyway, two first round picks and a, and a third round pick, and he didn't pan out. But you know, unfortunately. It's due to injuries, and unfortunately, you know, he was behind the curve. You know, the 49ers at that point thought that, you know, he was going to be a plug-and-play guy. It fit everything that uh, that Kyle Shanahan wanted as far as a guy with a strong arm, a guy who's mobile, um, and he thought Kyle, Kyle thought he can just put him in there and, and, uh, and he could just take off. But unfortunately, he fell behind the curve, um, you know, uh, too quickly and couldn't get back uh, from it because of the injuries and just things of that nature. He had, you know, the, the finger injury, he had a knee injury, and then last year the ankle injury as well. I like the move as a, as a 49er fan because if you look at it as a, from a 49er standpoint, their window is closing. I mean, I'm not saying it's 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 right there, but they're in the pressure. Meaning John Lynch and and Kyle Shanahan are under the press under the gun right now that they have to win now. They have to win now. They feel as though they have the best team that they possibly can, you know, to take to the Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl this year, providing everyone stays healthy. So they feel as though Trey Lance is behind that curve. Sam Darnold, I get it. You know, his his, his movies are his movies. He looked bad in, in, in New York. He looked bad in Carolina. But I think that Kyle Shanahan feels as though if you could put him in this situation, he'll be a solid backup. If Brock Purdy goes down, um, it, then uh, they'll be they'll be okay there. Because what, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, you don't ask a lot from the quarterback. You don't ask the quarterback to go out there and win the game. You don't ask him to go out there and be Josh Allen or Patrick Holmes or Jalen Hurts. You don't ask him to do that. What you ask him to do is don't lose the game for us. We don't need you to win a game for us. Just don't lose it for us. So I, I think that Brock Purdy has shown that he can do that. I think Sam Darnold's um, experience there – um, is, you know, is exactly what they need. And Trey Lance right now, if he stays on the team, is not a bad third option, to be honest with you. But I love the move uh, nonetheless, and then hopefully everyone can stay healthy for the Niners this year. Okay. Duck, uh, so Brock Purdy, Sam Darnold, Trey Lance. And Trey Lance looks like the odd man out. I'm sure they're going to have a, all that conversation. John Lynch isn't stupid. He's, a, he's turned into a very good GM and that you want to make sure the narrative is that we're keeping – him and he's a valuable piece of our offense, um, even though he's third. But your, Duck, your thoughts about now Sam Darnold, um, two unsuccessful um, journeys, but now, you know, within Kyle Shanahan's offense. Um, and I saw him, he did not look bad in the preseason. I know it's preseason. Your thoughts, Duck? Yeah, I want to touch upon all three of them. Uh, first of all, I can't stand Purdy because uh, he was killing my Mountaineers. But anyway, we're so <laughs> we're so happy to get him out of uh, Iowa State. We don't know what to do. But uh, and, and and if you remember, Princess, I don't know if K World was on at the time. I told you that I I thought he he should have been drafted higher. Uh, you I sure thought did, he was up. I, I thought he was a very good college player that had the opportunity to do some things in the in the pros. And I think he was kind of – I think everybody kind of missed the boat on him. And I think he's mm-hmm. going to be very successful uh, with uh, with uh, Shanahan. My thing is with Donna, he, I don't think the offense that they 
put in front of him in Carolina or with the Jets at the time when he played for him was conducive to his talent. Right. Now, just like K. World said, in the 49ers system, you don't have to be the man to win with the 49ers. You just keep from losing. Almost the Trent Dilford theory when he was with the Raiders. 2000, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so – so by putting him in that situation, he and and Princess, you guys seen him play the other night. He seemed so much more relaxed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was looking one way, faking the you know faking the screen, fake the screen here, pop it over the middle for a touchdown. Any any other time, Donald was wrestling with the Panthers, he'd have been running for his life, like 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 you know like they done broke through on him or something. I mean. Because he was getting killed, he was getting sacked every time he stepped back there. Yeah. So now, mm-hmm. yeah. So now he he to me he's right where he needs to be. Yeah, crickets. Okay. Wow. Trey Lance, Princess, he when they go back and evaluate, it's gonna be some scouts they're gonna let go. Somebody's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> Princess, you, you know how that works. They're gonna go yeah. back yeah. and say, well. Who did we have in that area that brought in this report? Yeah. And I know he had some injuries, but they don't care about that. When when money talks, if I'm paying yeah. you X amount of dollars to go and evaluate my personnel for me, and you come mm-hmm. back with this, and we we spend a, a first-round draft pick on it, oh, they're gone. I just, it, well, mm-hmm. I don't know how soon. But I, I tell you, next year by this time, you're like, hey, what happened to that scout? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he was a first-round pick. He he is first-round talent. Prentice. Yeah. Third over. Yeah. I'm telling you, Francis, they, they, I'm telling you now, if he don't know, he, I'll be looking. I'll be like, oh, you know, what other opportunities are out there because he gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know, I had to get that conversation in, and I remember, Duck, you talking live on radio about about Brock Purdy and that maybe, you know, that they missed the boat on him, that he should have been drafted higher. I remember that conversation. I want to try to get squeezed in here some Aaron Rodgers conversation. Rev wants to go do something on Friday. I said, no, if Aaron Rodgers is playing, <laughs> I, don't want to do, I want to watch him. Or we're going to go to a sports bar. Your thoughts, Duck, I'm going to start with you first. About Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's going to get a start now. Um, Delvin Cook, I guess, is in the building, and I don't know if he'll play in week three. There's one more week after that, I assume, and then they get a week off. So your thoughts about Aaron Rodgers? We keep having this conversation, and Tim keeps saying, everybody temper your expectations. Well, I'm just talking because I like riling up Tim, but I don't you know. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers, but I think this is a good fit, and this looks like a good um, marriage here. Yes. Yeah, they have an opportunity uh, with with Aaron Rodgers, but Tim brought up some interesting things, and I I went back and I watched Hard Knocks the other night, and he was he was getting frustrated. I don't know if anybody else said yeah, with the offensive line, and like Tim said, if they don't show up that offensive line, I wouldn't be surprised. At, and I'm changing it just a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. When they start cutting people or they look to 
they're probably looking to trade for somebody. I surprised it was Devin Cook that they brought in. I thought they were going after some offensive linemen, and yeah. and I, mm-hmm. and and they didn't yet. But don't be surprised if they they try to bring in a couple of more linemen. I know they're gonna. I know they're gonna get people off the waiver wire because they gotta shore it up. If they want to go mm-hmm. to the Super Bowl, like like you've been messing with Tim about, Princess, they got to do in it, they got to do stuff to protect Aaron Rodgers because they got the, they got some threats. Even with Cook, yep. Hall, and Williams and them back there, they got yeah. guys that can run the ball and they got receivers. So now mm-hmm. help help me out. The defense is solid. That that, that Q whatever yeah. he is, uh, he, Q, he's an yeah. animal. Quentin Williams, yeah. Yeah, he's woo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then they so, still got I answered your question. I I, I think with, <laughs> with, with the offensive line, I think I think I like Aaron Rodgers in the, in their offense. Yeah, you know they asked Aaron Rodgers about you know Randall Cobb was was telling the the, the offensive players okay he's nice and seems like he's getting along with you all but he'll snap in a minute. So yeah. they asked Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers said, well, you know, I hope that I've kind of changed just a little bit. But they said, you know, that's why they brought Rand McCobb in, to be the kind of enforcer um, because he knows what kind of office he wants to run, and he'll try to be the nice guy for a little bit. But Aaron Rodgers is going to snap if that offensive line doesn't come around and do a lot better, and they may have to shop. Your your thoughts about all of this, Kevin? Yeah, I I agree with that. I mean, and I love that to hear that from Randall Cobb is that let the receivers know that listen, if he doesn't trust you, he's not going to throw you the ball. If you if he feels like you're going to drop you drop balls, he's not coming back to you. So you know you know he he's not going to if he doesn't trust you, forget about it. He's not even going to look your way. So even if you run the right route, you know make sure you run the right route. Make sure you catch the ball when he does throw it to you. Um, But as far as the team overall, I I have to agree with Coach, and I think everyone is seeing this, is that offensive line, and Robert Sala called him out, and, you know, I I can't say we repeat on here what what Robert uh, Sala said, but uh, for the most part, they listen, you you guys got to step your game up because without you, you know, uh, without you, we're, we're nothing. Just like our, 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 my Coach Rowley used to tell our quarterback, Jermaine Myers, before every game is, if you go, we go. So, and that's the same thing with the offensive line. If you go, we go. And then that's just the, the bottom line is, is, you know, we can't do anything. We can have all the talent in the world. We can have a Dalvin Cook. We can have a Garrett Wilson. We can have an Aaron Rodgers. Um, but if we, if we don't have anyone to protect them, they're no good. They're, they're, just, they're just no good to us. So we're going to see, you know, what they can do, how they're going to um, – Shore up that line, Coach mentioned. Like you know, it's coming down to the, the 53-man roster. They got to they got to cut it down. You know, after this week, uh, after this weekend, mm-hmm. I should say. I think it's about Tuesday. I think it is. We're going to see. You know, you know who's out there, what they're going to get, but how confident are you going to be getting? A, if you do get some guys off a waiver, uh, off the waiver wire. I mean, they were waiting for a reason. So, do you really <laughs> have much confidence? You know, you're going to have in that. You know, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that right now it's the honeymoon stage for, for Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I, I personally think the Jets are going to jet, and meaning they're going to be the Jets at the end of the day um, because I just I, – and, and I just think that the Aaron Rodgers – we're seeing the calm uh, in Aaron Rodgers because nothing right now has made him snap. But we know the potential is there. And for him to do that in Green Bay is one thing. And, but to do it in the New York media market, 
Ooh, Lord, they're going to eat him up. So we're going to see. We're going to we're going to see how he handles it. First for uh, first four games, we got the Bills. They got the Cowboys. They got the Patriots, and uh, I forget who else they have. Um, Bills, the Cowboys. I forget exactly. I had it memorized, but um, nonetheless, they potentially, if they don't have that, the, their if their offensive line um, can't um, give the protection that they need, they can easily go one and four, possibly. Oh, uh, oh, I mean one and three, possibly zero oh and four. But we'll see. We'll see. We're going to see for sure. And I'm just glad that they're playing tomorrow night, Aaron Rodgers and the starters, because they're playing against the Giants. They're, they both play in the same, you know, MetLife Stadium. So it's something yeah. for the fans, and it'll allow the fans and, uh, to, to get into it. But that first week is going to be something really, really um, interesting. All eyes are going to be on those guys for sure. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. calling Tim and just watching the game with Tim on the phone and just seeing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I got to I got to make that date for for sure. <laughs> um, but I do want to point out, as I said to Duck, we were talking yesterday, um, that Monday Night Football opens up with the Bills and the Jets. Mm-hmm. I will be there to see that one for sure. But quickly, gentlemen, um, Salah has has turned this turned the Jets around. You you'd have to say he's he's really in and now he has the backing of of management and ownership to where they're yeah. made they're making moves. Um, I see such a difference even in last year, but definitely this year. I like his professionalism. I like him as a coach. Kevin, yeah. yes or no from you and and up too. I'm sorry, what was the question? I apologize. Just yes or no, your thoughts, do you agree with that? Oh, you know, I definitely agree with uh, Robert Sala because, you know, I'm I'm a 49er of fan. Course. And we know what he brought yeah, here, so yeah, yeah, I'm kind of yeah, biased yeah. there. But, yeah, but yeah, but but even if I was on the outside looking in and I didn't have, you know, uh, the up close, um, you know, dealing with Robert Sala, I'm still going to say yes because you hear how he talks to these guys and, and you hear the way he talks to these guys. He talks with so much conviction, so much passion, and, and confidence as well. And, and a lot of guys, a lot of coaches, when you hear him talk, you know they're blowing smoke up, you know what, you know what. but Robert Salah, he's been there. He's been to a Super Bowl. He understands what it takes. So, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, I agree with the ownership and Woody Johnson and those guys as well, for sure. Duck, Robert Sala, former 49er coordinator. Yeah, I knew that Kevin was going to agree with me, but <laughs> I really I really like him in the fact that now it seems that the, the ownership themselves and the management are all in and they're getting into pieces. Um, and I don't know, even Tim didn't want Aaron Rodgers, he didn't think it was a good fit. But now that he's there, you know, New York is in a buzz, and they're a better team for it. Your thoughts, though, about Salah as a coach? Uh, I, and I'll be quick on it because I got another point. You know, not, I, I agree with Kevin on, on uh, Salah because I think he, he's a good coach. But I really like Woody Johnson's uh, chain. <laughs> Did you say chain? <laughs> yeah, you broke that out, Coach. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You gotta be able to relate. You gotta be able to relate to these young players, Coach. That's a great point. Great point. And that's even that's got to be what it's about, too. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, come on. Okay, Jonathan Taylor, running back, said he doesn't want to be a Colt. Um, Duck, your, your thoughts about that? In the possibilities I, I hear now, and he's the landing spot is the, the Buccaneers, but I hear that the Cowboys did make some type of run at him too. But your thoughts about him wanting to leave, why he wants to leave, and that's going to hurt Anthony Richardson. Your thoughts? I don't think it's going to hurt him because they, the the running back 
now for the last two or three years are not as valued as in the past. And uh, mm-hmm. they're going to find somebody else to kind of take that pressure off of Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, because they're going to do – he can run the ball. So yeah. that that doesn't hurt him. Uh, it hurts someone that has to just stay back there in the pocket. And, you know, if without a running game, then you're in trouble. But you got a dual threat quarterback back there. I think uh, as far as Taylor, I think I don't understand why. Yeah, I do understand because they're going to more of the spread open type offense yeah. that that is elim- eliminating the running back position. You know, I, if, if somebody would have told me this five, six years ago that running backs would be obsolete, I would have, for instance, I would have laughed them off the, you know, yeah. out of the conversation. But, like, now they they feel that they could get uh, a guy that's making a million dollars to do the same thing that somebody's making $10 million because yeah. of the way the offense is set up. So, mm-hmm. you know, you usually you want to bring it, and now they're using more tight ends. So where you would normally would have to block somebody, they can keep that H back in and block or slide the line left or right or roll the quarterback out. Now you got the dual threat quarterback. The, the, it's unfortunate that they don't really feel they need a running back. So I, they kind of get the running back, you know, they kind of got a stranglehold on the princess. You don't want to, you don't want to sign for this. Then, Hey, goodbye. See you. Uh, Buccaneers, mm-hmm. I hear that the Eagles might trade for them. We hear the Cowboys. <laughs> we hear the Chicago Bears. I've heard a number of different teams. But nobody, as you can see, nobody back at, if you say 10 years ago, everybody had been on Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Because yeah. They, they were running the football more. For mm-hmm. somebody to get 1,000 yards now, for instance, usually you have two or three different backs. Somebody gets 700 Somebody gets five hundred. Somebody gets three hundred. Yeah. So that's, that's what they're kind of going to. They, they, it's no more. Unfortunately, it's no more. You know, like Davin Cook, he set out, and you know, now he's gonna, he's gonna rotate in with three guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and and we've all been amazed at how long he set out with no movement, and then even after going to visit the the Jets and all of that, there still was a two or three week process in there. Kevin, I was gonna ask you why is Jonathan Taylor so upset and mad, but now I understand from Duck is that the production or the, the, the type of scheme, offensive scheme that yeah. they're running is not conducive to him, and he just wants out. But your thoughts about Jonathan Taylor and where he may land? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly with Coach, and, and that's the way the, the league is going. Uh, it's, it's kind of shying away from the running back position. Um, as you kind of start to see what – I'm not going to say it's Kyle Shanahan's fault, but we know that the league is a copycat league where, you know, yeah. you see uh, you see Kyle, Kyle Shanahan put Debo uh, Samuels in the backfield, you know, and, you know, he kind of, mm-hmm. you know, and, and called him a, a wide back, you know, a receiver who yeah. play running back, and he things that. of that nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and, he, and that helped him get the contract that he got. You know, you had incentive. If I carry so many yards, if I carry for so many yards, I get X amount of dollars. So, yeah, it's a copycat league. 
coach mentioned it, uh, alluded to it, that, you know, the, the, the devalue of the running back is happening. And we knew going into it, you know, years ago that, you know, the shelf life of a running back is what, around 28, you know, 29, somewhere around there. That's when mm-hmm. running backs generally start to, you know, decline in, in production. I think Jonathan Taylor is, what, 24 years old. He's still on his rookie contract. So I, I get where Jonathan Taylor is coming from. But it's going to be it's going to be hard for him to find um, a team that's going to you know stick with the traditional you know uh, three yards in a cloud of dust. You just don't see that anywhere. You know maybe maybe the Broncos, maybe the Bills. I think the Bills would be a great fit, kind of take the pressure off of Josh Allen from him playing um, hero ball, uh, if you will. But yeah, I understand where Ursay's coming from as far as. You know, saying, "Listen, go out there and 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 seek a trade." You know, and we'll we'll see we see what you can get, and we'll we'll see if we can make it work for you. But other than that, either he's going to be there or he's not going to be anywhere, to be honest with you. But hopefully, it works out. He's a, t- a tremendous talent, and these running backs are eager, have egos, and it's hard for them to accept the fact that their their value is being is, is increased uh, through with, throughout the league. Now, Prince, yeah. just one quick thing. One quick thing on that. Uh, now, if you and uh, K-World think back, when Jonathan Taylor hit his most successful year, it was when Philip Rivers was the quarterback yeah, who couldn't, run. couldn't yeah. move out of his own way because, you know, mm-hmm. he wasn't a dual threat guy. So mm-hmm. he helped their offense and helped them into the playoffs. Last year he was kind of banged up, and they had, you know, Ryan from the Falcons at quarterback. and Yeah. Because of injuries, his production would have been better if he wasn't injured. But now you got Anthony Richardson that comes in, and yeah. kind of instead of handing it to him, Richardson just keeps it yeah. and roll on like, point, like Cam Newton. So, yeah. so why why pay him all that money if you got your quarterback can can basically do the same thing and not taking anything from Jonathan Taylor because he's from Jersey and I think he's an excellent <laughs> running back, but. They go. They go. Utilize Richardson. They gonna get their money's worth out of him. Yeah, great point, Coach. And to add on to that real quick is that if you look around the league, you look at all the quarterbacks in the league, most of them are, are, are mobile quarterbacks. Uh, you know, maybe Mac Jones is the only quarterback that he probably is a, you know, a legitimate pocket passer, um, but they got Ezekiel Elliott now. So other than him, if you look around the league, a lot of these other quarterbacks can run. Good point. Good point. Do you remember – Texans running back Aaron Fall, Arian Foster. Remember him and oh, how yeah. how he tore up the league for about two or three years. But after that, he mm-hmm. couldn't find a job, and and, right. and that to me showed the wear and tear. And I think the same thing. Once Ezekiel Elliott got a contract, it was done. He and he hasn't really been productive in two years, and he he was scrapping to find a job now with the Patriots. And I can go on and on. There's so many more. Demarco Murray, remember. Him and yeah. and it's it's two or three or four years at, at best. But once you get around that twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine um, year old, it, it's it's really a done deal. Um, and I think it's the wear and tear on on your body. Um, I'm gonna end it there. I just want to ask quickly, um, FSU, and I, I I'm concerned about this. FSU, LSU, duck. <laughs> give me a score. Uh, 31-30, FSU. FSU. That's pretty close right there. I think it's a two or three point favorite to FSU. All right, Kevin, what 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 say you? 
I'm going to go 30-24 uh, uh, LSU. I think LSU is, is legit this year. So I'm going to go 30-24 to 24 LSU. LSU. And and I think um, LSU is legit too. I, I see that. But they shut down practice a couple of times because they bro- broke out in fighting amongst each other. Um, Duck, your thoughts about that. Is that good for team? Oh, uh, you're talking about LSU fighting each other? Yeah, in practice. Precious, you gotta have you gotta have a little dog going. You gotta you gotta have, yeah. you gotta have a mixed up a little bit. You you can't have a a, a, a happy go lucky practice every day. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> See, somebody got to be angry about something. Right. <laughs> you gotta have some on that team. Your thoughts, oh, yeah. Kevin, the same thing. <laughs> oh, absolutely, a- absolutely. Like like Coach said, you can't have can't have an izzy dizzy drill every day, Coach. Right. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> But no, you you can't have fun all the time. You got you know, and you're tired of seeing the same guys go against you all the time because at, at some point they know your tendencies and they kind of cheat because they know what formations they're going to have, what plays going to happen, and and they kind of jump that. And you know, you get mad, and, and it works on both sides. So you kind of get upset with that. So yeah, they definitely it's good, definitely a good thing. They need they need fresh meat for sure. <laughs> so ducky, a fight in the in the. And on the practice field every now and then, you just kind of turn your head and smile and then say, break it up. That's what you do, huh? Now, I say, I holler, okay, enough, because neither one of you are going to win, so stop. Right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what the helmet's on. Gentlemen, thank you. Yeah, thank <laughs> thank you. you for for filling in. And, and I, this hour went by so fast, I didn't even take a break. I appreciate it. I really want to ask a lot of questions. I don't get to do this regularly, Duck, and that is just, you know, pick your brain unless I just call you in the middle of the day. So I appreciate you, sir. Hey, all I all I'm saying is we we aren't. And we aren't. <laughs> You're still gonna do that one. You're still gonna do that one. It's coming up, Duff. You're gonna talk trash down to the bitter end, aren't you? Hey look, hey look. If it's them token win, I ain't coming back on the show. <laughs> I don't want to say, Coach, where you gonna be at? How can we reach yeah. you? You know, are you gonna blame it on the mountain coach where you you know, no reception, what's going on with that? <laughs> uh-uh. they, they got them three guys that couldn't see officiating up there. I gotta I gotta make sure that they're not seeing that. <laughs> okay, see. When is the game, Duck? Is it next Saturday? What time? Seven thirty. Seven thirty. Yeah. Shout out to Sean Martin. Say that again. Are you going? NBC. It's going to be on NBC. But are you attending in person? No, no, no. I, I first of all, I don't want to see a lot of grown people cry. So no, I'm not going to attend. <laughs> so why will be Kevin, crying? We're, for sure. We're going to leave it there, Duck. (laughs) And I actually like salt on watermelon, Duck. We're going to leave it right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You all have a good evening. You were priceless tonight, sir. Your own Uh, show. Thank you, Kevin Walker. I appreciate you. uh, All right, Duck Riley. You all have a great evening. All right. Good night. Never had it so good.